Okay. So. I. After the episode that I posted earlier. I wound up watching Euphoria. Which, to be quite honest, I am so, like. I was so happy to see and and hear like gospel music and them speaking about the Lord. I felt like the entire time I was watching the show, like the battle and the and the addiction that she was facing, I felt like yes, there's always seems like there's other ways you can go about it, but the way that she said one in five and she's going to definitely end up in a casket and she wants to die and all this kind of stuff. I felt like the only answer to that situation was Jesus Christ Himself. Especially the different things she was going through. I felt like she needs Jesus. And I was just, you know, I felt like God is definitely making a difference in the world right now. I can feel it. Like, it's shifting. I guess I just have high hopes and high expectations because I really, you know, like... In my heart, I'm kind of devastated that it's not more. But anything better, I should be grateful and uh, and praising God for all the time. So, you know, I noticed that Euphoria can be seen as a, like, enabling type show. Some people tried to say that it was it was glorifying drugs and alcohol at a young age and high school, stuff like that, murder, all that kind of stuff. But I think that... When you watch that show from a fresh perspective without already preconceived notions about it, it just really just sheds light on real life situations, like they said. And the fact that they talked about the Lord towards the end, the second season, how she found the Lord and she she felt that she was dancing with her father and she had walked into the church and was hugging you know, the gospel singer and, you know, church music was playing and it was like a holy light shining down on her. I feel that that was like a heaven-like experience that she had and it was God reaching out to her to save her life. So after seeing that and like hearing gospel music towards the last episode, in the end of the last episode, I really felt like, you know, that was beautiful. And like, I didn't feel so guilty about watching that show. But I can say that, honestly, if I'm going to be 100% brutally honest, if you're already in a bad mental space and maybe, like, considering drugs or anything like that, then maybe, of course, it can be influential. But overall, that's, like, that's, you know, your personal responsibility to know what's good for you and what's not. I don't mean it like that. Like, we all make mistakes and we're all trying to find our way. But it's your personal responsibility, you know, to have control, you know, self-control. So every time I felt like it was, like, glorifying drugs or anything or even encouraging them and I felt influenced, I would take responsibility for, like, anything, any feelings I may have already been feeling or just, you know, the walk that I'm already on, the transformation that God is, you know, 
making in me and through me and reminding myself that, you know, I couldn't blame anybody but myself if that's what I did go and do. If I ever went and, you know, did drugs or whatever, I couldn't say, oh, euphoria is the reason. No, I would have to take responsibility because I'm fighting everyday battles, real life battles, just like this show kind of portrays every day. And I have to fight and I have to, you know, seek God and I have to pray and I have to, you know, hold myself accountable and keep growing and choose to be better. So it's no different, you know, with my everyday life and when I feel tempted towards anything as opposed to watching shows. But I do also want to say that I feel that God has like really been urging me, like not even just recently, but definitely like in the past few years that I waste a lot of time in bed and watching shows, period. So that right there, he already has shown me that is a stronghold on my life that he's attempting to break off of me. And if I backslide into that, you know, I feel really, you know, horrible. I feel really weighed down. So I don't know if I want to keep watching TV shows anyways. God has already shown me what I need to know about that. But, excuse me, it gets frustrating when in a situation that I'm in, I feel that I can't go out into this world and, you know, just exist in peace. So I have to stay in the house. I don't have to, but I choose to stay in the house because it's more peaceful. And I feel oftentimes more safe for me. And not that I want to stay in my comfort zone forever. I do plan to go out and make something of my life. It's just... I'm staying in the house, and what else to do besides, you know, of course, what I've been doing, reading my Bible, praying, worship music, but sometimes in my spare time or while I eat, I want to watch a TV show. So, you know, I'm not too hard on myself, but I do definitely want to start considering how much time I'm wasting in my life on that type of stuff. So that's just a few things I felt I should mention, but... Other than that, though, I felt something happen, you know, as I watched the show. I was watching the show, and all I know is, like, I just felt something shift in the spirit where it's, like, I think that I stood up for myself or something. I must have stood up for myself or something because... I tried to over, you know, I tried to rewind back everything that happened because I couldn't really, I wasn't really conscious, conscious of what I heard of what happened. And when I heard it, I noticed like what caught my attention is that I felt someone laughing so hard. And I was like, who is that laughing? And so that's what really caught my attention and made me realize like something just happened. So I believe that I told these people off, you know, these individuals that are working every day round the clock to make my life a living hell because of whatever reason, you know, I think because of my anointing. No, I know because of my anointing. But I guess I told them off. I don't like to do that because 
even though I have the opportunity to, maybe I even have the information to, and it's not like I don't have the attitude to, I'm working on my attitude though. I'm working on my attitude and I'm trying to be transformed by God and I'm trying to be better, you know, I'm trying to learn from the situation when I feel trapped, you know, so tight in a box where I can't go this way, I can't go that way. You know, I just reach out for God and I hold on to him tight. And so I feel like if God is, you know, allowing these problems in my life and allowing me in this position where I can't do anything but hold on to him tight, it's a, it's it's like kind of clear what he wants me to know. He wants me to learn that, you know, there's going to be, you know, times in life where I need him that much that I just have to hold on to him tight and I can't do anything else. And I need to never forget that moving forward in my life, no matter where I go or what I do. I need to never forget holding on to God tight, even when I get breathing room, even when this situation is no longer what it is. I need to hold on to God really tight and never forget that he was the one there for me, you know, when I really needed him. So God brings you through these problems and these issues so that you reach out to him and, you know, come into him. You know, because sometimes you have an option of doing other things and then sometimes you don't. So it's necessary. But that being said, you know, I feel like I'm fighting this battle constantly and I wonder if it's necessary, you know, where I'm doing everything in my power to protect my mind, but keep Excuse me. But keep fighting towards, you know, the throne and getting closer to God. Now, what's been on my heart lately is how God has shown me in the beginning of last year that, you know, these individuals that are around me, They don't want me to move forward. They don't want me to ever be anything more than what I am. You know, they never even wanted me to make it to this point. Like, they are so upset that they can't take back all that I've grown to. But, you know, now that I'm here, they're saying to themselves, they won't let me get further than here. They tried to stop me from getting to the place that I am now. And... They really were willing to kill me, you know. So, you know, I noticed that they fight very hard. It's like, as motivated as I am for God, which is I'm willing to die about God, it feels is as motivated as they are to keep me from growing in life. So they're willing to die about it. And it's like, I don't understand why anybody would be so, you know, motivated towards my, you know, complacency, ungrowth, non-growing, whatever you call that, and, you know, demise, like, why, what do I do to people, you know, what is it about me that really, you know, provokes that kind of reaction, but, you know, of course, I've been hearing the entire time, like, that's a good thing, you need to appreciate that, actually, that people see you as 
much of a problem that they put so much time and effort into keeping and holding you down. But I oftentimes, no, the whole time I couldn't understand that concept, even though I understand it, because I said to myself, you know, but what about the opportunities or just the stress that they're putting on me and the different things that I'm going through and maybe the things that they possibly could could be actually succeeding at keeping me from. And, you know, ultimately, I know better than to worry about that. I know that there's nothing that they could possibly keep me from that's really for me. And anything that they kept me from is probably protection from God. So I don't need to worry about that. But still, the stress and all those other things, the worry and traumatic experience that I go through because of it, you know, ultimately, I've been summing that up as, you know, it's learning experience and I don't need to stress I need to learn how to change my perspective and deal with it properly so that they are not creating traumatic experiences for me but only helping me become better so I'm learning so much and I'm growing so much and it's kind of scary sometimes so I try not to think about it but also Satan he really doesn't want me you know, looking back on all the growth and everything that is going good, I have going for myself. He wants me to focus on how much I haven't done or how much I am not doing or how much that needs to be done rather than focus on how much is already done. So I don't see why not go over it right now when I'm on this podcast. So one thing that Satan cannot take back is the fulfillment in my heart. Now, Every time I brought it up and I haven't focused on it, he tries to shield it from me. He tries to put a block on it from me as if that can make it go away. It's only temporary, but maybe, you know, I need to embrace it now still anyways. You know, even though he's fighting me on it. But all I know is, you know, it's such a fulfillment in my heart. You know, when I'm able to come out of my problems, my issues, my complaining and the negative thoughts, I'm able to see the positivity and there's just so much fulfillment in my heart, you know, fulfillment, you know, from God revealing himself to me, showing me that he's been here the whole time, showing me that he is the almighty power. And that my prayers have been getting to him. Excuse me. That he sees me. And that he loves me. He is love. He's always had a plan for all of my suffering. And all throughout those years that I felt that my prayers were going unanswered. And that I was suffering. Not in vain. I didn't believe that. But just that my suffering... I just got so numb to it and so used to it that I don't think I ever expected a reward for it. I just felt like that's just life. You know, I'm just going to have to suffer. And I don't think I'm ever going to, you know, actually see a real reward from it. Besides, of course, the reward inside my heart of me knowing that I stayed true to myself, you know. But God showed me that, no, that pays off. You get... You know, it's it's actually it's actually icing on the cake as as opposed to staying true to yourself because that's the real reward, real reward. But 
there are also benefits other benefits that come from that and i'm actually finally reaping those so you know in the process of everything i was pressured in so many different directions that definitely would have been detrimental to my future detrimental to my well-being you know and it turns out that staying true to myself that whole time actually contributed to me succeeding now and how amazing is that when you do something right you know but the first time when God asks you to and then years later after it's already done you know you get benefits from that you know and you think about what if I hadn't done it though I would have never gotten to this point. I would have never got these rewards. I would have never made it to this place. And I wouldn't be an ex- I wouldn't be experiencing this and I wouldn't have this confirmation that that was the right thing to do. You know, you get that or you get on the other hand, you know, when you did things wrong and you ignore God and years later, you know, the things that you did wrong, you're answering to you have to face the consequences of, and you know that it's because of that. And then you're thinking, why didn't I listen to God? Why didn't I do what he said to do the first time? And he's revealing to you why it should have been done, how he was right. So I'm dealing with both of those, actually. I'm not perfect, so I have, you know, some of the bad, some of the good. But the good, you know, it means so much. It's fulfilling. It's so fulfilling because... All the years that I would, you know, be intentional about who I wanted to be when I grew up and the kind of person that I wanted to practice being, you know, until that's who I became, the allowing God to train me, you know, it's proven like the right thing to do now. Because look at my life, you know, I allowed God to train me up in the things that I thought was playing in the background and didn't matter and nobody cared for. And it was beneficial to me in my heart. And that was enough for me. And because that was enough for me now, you know, everybody else gets to see it and God is showing it off to everybody else. And regardless of the backlash and all the other things that I'm dealing with, you know, still just ever just ever receiving any type of benefit from something that you believe that you know it's just you weren't even supposed to get a reward from from it like you ever heard your parents say you know what do you expect a pat on the back for doing what you're supposed to do you know what do you want a reward for doing what you are supposed to do you know and then just to get a reward for doing what you're supposed to do you know, it feels great. So, and then years later, I think, I think I have to emphasize the years later because it's years later and I can't go back and change anything and I wouldn't. And that feels great. You know, I can't lie. There's things that maybe I wish hadn't happened. Maybe I wish that I had done a little better. Maybe I wish I had listened to a little more. But the things that I'm benefiting from, like I, you know, I have them forever. And like people, 
they made fun of me, overlooked it, or, you know, tortured me about it then. And now, you know, they're so mad about it. They wish that they could take it from me and they can't. It's too late. You know, it's done. It's done. It's who I am, you know. And so now they want to torture me about being wrong about me or just me being right. (laughs) Maybe they weren't wrong, but maybe I'm right. But just the calling on my life and me never really feeling like I was ever that special, you know. I hate to sound gloomy, but I used to say to myself, God, why can't I just not exist? I'm sure that my non-existence would not affect this world at all. I'm quite sure that if I never existed... That nobody would, you know, miss me. Nothing would be affected. Nothing would, you know, nothing would, That it wouldn't matter. Like, I'm not going to make that much of an impact in my life that my non-existence will change anything. And God is, like, showing out right now because millions of people, are being affected by me or impacted by me and imagine me not existing and all of these different lives not being impacted by me you know it's amazing how God will use your life you know it's amazing how you feel so insignificant and God can take such an insignificant life and make it the most significant. I love him for it. You know, he is the almighty power and perfect in all his judgments and so fair and so generous and so loving and so graceful and so merciful, just gracious, you know. He's everything. And now every time I think about him, like, I can't help but cry. And, you know, I don't want to stop crying. I really don't want to stop crying. Every single day, I want to cry about God. I want to cry about how good he is. I want to cry about how he's shown up in my life. I want to cry about how he's always been here. I want to cry about everything he's done for me. I want to cry because as a kid, I felt so traumatized by my surroundings that I felt I would never cry happy tears in my life. God said, not even on your wedding day. And I was like, no. People who cry on their wedding day, happy tears are fakers. (laughs) I believe that. I was like, they're faking. Like, And God is like, why would you feel that they would fake that? And I was like, Because nobody really is ever that happy that they cry. They do it for attention or they do it for, you know, I guess, extra added effect or something. Like, it's not real. And God is like, you really don't believe in happy tears. And I'm like, really? Like, anybody who cries real happy tears, like, I just wonder what's wrong with them. 
Like, what is going on inside of them? And God is like, wow. You know, I remember having this conversation with God. And he's, I'm like, so God, you're saying that nobody ever fakes happy tears. And he's like, I'm sure somebody, I'm sure some people do, but it is real. Like, they're really crying happy tears. I remember watching a wedding and this lady was crying. She was so happy. She was marrying her husband. She's like, it's my soulmate. And ever since you entered my life, you know, I've felt so complete. And this is the best day of my life and everything. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's faking. She is faking. She is faking, but it looks so real. And it was like, <laughs> I never felt like I'll ever be that person. And I even considered it like, okay, maybe it is real. Let's say it is real. Like, what does that feel like? What is that like? I don't think I'll ever feel that, be that overcome with emotion that I'll feel that. But I have to admit that around that time, I had given up on crying. I didn't cry much, you know. And it was just not you know, it was just not like, it felt like I wasn't in a safe environment to be able to feel my emotions correctly and cry like I I should have been able to. But I, I, I guess I thought I saw it as a, you know, a benefit. <laughs> like, who could ever see that as a benefit? But, you know, it's okay because God is healing that in me now. So there are some things I wish I could have changed, like not allowing people around me to tease me and torture me so much that I don't feel my emotions anymore to the point where now I have to heal those things now. But, you know, just still holding tight to hope in a better future and knowing that one day I can be free to feel anything and everything I ever wanted anywhere with anybody and one day, you know, God will give me the perfect individual that to feel that with and be able that I can trust enough with my emotions, all of them. And they won't make me, you know, put my guard back up or crawl back into my shell and hide these things. I can be free. And... They will understand and they will embrace me and they will deal with them correctly. I won't have to explain them. I won't have to, you know, I won't have to apologize. I won't have to feel guilty and I won't have to feel like I have to shut everything and everybody out. God, it, this can this can happen. You know, just leaving that window open for hope, I'm glad I did because, you know, I, I imagine how much worse off I may have been or just how much more work would have had it been done in me if I had just wrote it off completely you know I'm cynical I could hate it to admit it but it's okay because it's a it's like it can be fixed God can fix any anything in anybody I'm not saying some people can't I'm just saying that I'm seeing that it can be fixed by God I'm speaking for myself so, just that, you know, the beauty in that, the beauty in, you know, God 
fulfilling heart's desires and creating situations and giving you something that you never felt that you could ever have that you deserve even though you know that you deserve it but you just lose hope and feeling like people like you get stuff like that and you know just I don't know forgetting or maybe doubting God's power and how unlimited it is, how God is so perfect that, you know, there is a perfect match for each and every single last person on this planet. And if you trust God, he can actually, you know, link you guys. If you just trust him and you wait on him and you don't, you know, assume that that'll never happen and so you start making plans for yourself and you start doing different things like you know settling for what you know is not right like because you feel like either God will take forever or you feel like it'll never happen for you just leaving the hope open you know and I think that one of the biggest one of the biggest things that I pray so much about and probably focus so much about was my children, my future children, if I had any, and their father, my husband, you know, that would, you know, raise that family with me. I wanted to raise a healthy family, but I wanted to be able to have healed and been accomplished first so that I can. And... You know, it means so much to me. It means so much to me that oftentimes I'll spend so much of my time throughout my years stressing about how wrong it could go. And God is showing me, like, with him, if I truly trust his unlimited power and give him 100%, you know, full control to move in my life, it can happen. It can happen for me. And the entire journey will be life-changing. And in 2020, I cried my first happy tears I've ever cried in my entire life. At, you know, at 22 years old, never cried happy tears. Never was that happy that I cried happy tears. I cried my first happy tears. Like, it seems so small. It might seem very small to somebody. Or like a small, you know, accomplishment or feat. To somebody who can feel their emotions correctly. Who who, who maybe isn't battling or facing the battles I face. But for me... I was like, I can feel, I, I, I can cry, I'm capable of crying happy tears, I'm not a robot or anything, but it's like happy tears though, like, I don't know, and it, like, being around individuals who make you feel like that kind of stuff is dumb, like happy tears, like, that is so stupid, 
because it's like just sucking the life out of life and God just pouring it back into me. I feel, I feel so fulfilled and I'm so in love with God. And like now that I have this new feature that I've never had, I'm like I'm willing to you know use it. I'm I'm I want to kind of use it for like forever now. I know I want to cry. I can cry happy tears now. So I'm like, okay, what makes me so happy that I can cry tears? God, and how He's showing up in my life and giving me a new feature I never knew, thought that I ever be able to experience. He's healing things in me, and He's introducing things in my heart that I didn't even know that was there. And because He's so great. I can cry happy tears for the rest of my life about him. And every single day, I want to just use them up. I want to use them all up. And I don't think I'll ever be able to because <laughs> that's how good God is. Man, he's amazing. He's amazing. I don't think I'll ever be able to use all my happy tears up. Like, oh my goodness. And it's like, Throughout this process, it's amazing how I'm still being teased. Like, oh my gosh, you're such a crybaby. All you do, all you do is cry, and it's like, I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. That's gone. My heart was hardened, but it's not anymore. So I can cry heavy tears, and I'm not gonna let you ruin this for me. <laughs> you can tease me, you can torture me, you can do all the stuff you did before, but I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. You know, I'm not going to let you make me feel like that's off limits anymore and that I'm embarrassing you or that, you know, I'm not going to be able to survive because I'm too sensitive or something, whatever, you know, it just, I know better now, you know, and I'm still being stopped. (laughs) It's funny. I'm still being stopped. I'm going through this season right now where when I want to cry my happy tears and I want to just sit there like, okay, today I'm, and every day I'm just going to cry my happy tears all day. And it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Nobody wants me to cry, you know? And I thought it was a good thing. I'm like, you don't want me to cry because you don't want me to cry. You know, you care. But it's like, no, it's not because they care. It's because, you know, they can't stand to see this transformation in my life. They don't want to see this happen. You know? My happy tears move and move and move something in the spirit so much. Every time I cry, they are like I think being melted and defeated. So my happy tears hurt them a lot and you know, I don't care, you know, I care that they're being hurt and I wish that they didn't have to, you know, feel pain and my happiness, but I won't give it back because of it, like, no, so one thing that I've been focused on so much is how I feel trapped in this situation, but one thing I haven't given enough credit to is how I feel free in a trapped situation. I'm being freed in a trap situation. Like, I talked about this in the previous episode, but it's so great. It's so amazing to, you know, 
actually be free as opposed to looking free. Like you can look chained up, but if you actually are free, it's different. It That's what matters the most. I'd rather be chained up and actually be free than to be free and actually be chained up. So I'm being freed and it feels great. It feels great. The fulfillment in my heart. The chains that have broken off my heart that I didn't even know was there. Imagine you're going your whole life, you know, not knowing what's wrong with you. Wondering what's wrong with you. Wondering why you wish you could die. Wondering why life, you know, has really almost no meaning. And doing your best to reach to God and fight towards him and find the meaning in life. Begging God for the meaning in life. Begging him to help you and show you and guide you to the meaning in life. Wanting so bad to know that and have that at least once in your life. If that is the only thing you ever do with your life. And just finally him breaking the chains that's keeping you from getting to that conclusion. Finding out that truth. Like, oh my goodness. My goodness. Like, he truly is a wonder-working God, a miracle-working God. And this is hard. This journey has been so hard and so tough, just like my life. You know, sometimes it feels like it's harder. But it's being made possible when it would have otherwise been impossible without him. I just saw my angel. (laughs) I love God so much, you know. He has angels guarding me every day. You know, I feel pains in my body from praying so much. And I'll sit there and I will just call on God about it. Or I'll just reach out to God in my spirit and in my heart. Because now that the chains are broken, it feels that we, I just have, you know immediate access to him I don't have to always be in prayer to have access to him and I'll just see an angel just brush over whatever body part that was hurting I'll just see an angel brush over it but I don't have to see the angel brush over it to know that the angel stopped that pain in my body and it's clearing the way for me (laughs) I'm sorry, I want to cry happy tears right now. But, yeah, I got, you know, I got a new feature that I know about. You know, it's a lot more I don't even know about I got. But, you know, that, the fulfillment, that's always there. It's not going anywhere, and they cannot take that back. They want me to focus on all the things that they can keep me from because they don't want me to focus on the things that they can't. And, you know, they can't keep me from the fulfillment in my heart and the transformation in my life. They can't keep me from, you know, this peace, this peace and this love that is and this happiness. It's happiness. It's real, real, real happiness. And, oh, my gosh, I'm getting so excited talking about it only because, you know, 
It's the first taste of real happiness I've ever felt that is so deep in your soul that you know it'll last forever. And you know it's so real that it's staying, it's solid, it's like permanent, permanent happiness. <laughs> My whole life, I felt happiness that I have felt like I had to embrace it while it's here. Because in five minutes or you know, who knows how long, and it'll be gone again. And I'm not trying to be gloomy about all my different experiences. I'm just trying to shed light on the the things that God is restoring in me. And finally, bestowing upon me because of being faithful. And you know, it ain't even about being faithful because it's never about our goodness, but all about his. Because he is just so good. So I don't want to say it's because of my faithfulness. I don't want to say it's because of my loyalty to him. I don't want to say it's because of my belief in him. I don't want to say it's because of my love for him. Any of those things. It's just because he's good. So that means that you, anybody, no matter who you are, what you've been, who you've been, he can do it for you too. There's no qualifications for the rece- like receiving these gifts. It's all, it's for everybody. He's that good. And he's that, he's love. And I love that he's showing me that because of his love, I don't want to keep this from anybody. If this were not real love, then maybe I'd be like, well, I'm going to hold this to myself and I'm going to keep this to myself and I'm not going to tell anybody about it because I don't want you experiencing or having what I have. I want it only for myself. That's not real love. This is real love. And it's so abundant. It's It's so abundant that you need others to have it. You need them to have it. Even if at the expense of your own because you are so confident. That God will restore and refill you, you know, if you just pour it back out into others. So, (laughs) I love him. (laughs) I love him because I don't deserve this, but I do deserve this. We all deserve this, but we all don't deserve this. It's like both. But... He's awesome, and he's also showing me, you know, he's showing me in so many different realities, you know, that somebody needs this example. Someone needs me here, you know, despite all of the different ways that they go about things and how they make me feel and how they torture me and do everything in their power to stop what's happening. They need this. And, you know, my willingness to suffer, even when I cannot see that at the time, because I'm in so much pain, is being rewarded greatly. And even if it weren't, that is the reward. Somebody else gets this. Somebody else gets this love. This is such a big, great, fulfilling, just amazing love that, you know, just to see somebody else with it is all the reward in the world. Have you ever heard this saying, you know, 
to, you know, to be the cause of somebody else's happiness, just the smile or the feeling that you see them get is, you know, the reward for you, the real reward. So I know I didn't say that right, but <laughs> that's what it meant. That's what it means. That was just literal. But just focusing on this real happiness, real happiness. Like, I think that the happy tears is just the beginning because this is just the beginning. This happiness, this permanent happiness is just the beginning. I know it is. It's just a taste of what God has in store for the rest of my life and just wanting to faint when I really am aware of all of it. And I've been made aware a couple of times and I, f- I felt that I fainted. I felt that I fainted. Spiritually, I fainted. You know, when God truly, like, revealed what he's doing in my life, he didn't even show me, like, the real, like, the real, like, nature, 100%, like, everything, all of it, how deep it really goes. I faint. I faint. I'm like, oh, like, I'm gone. I I don't faint. I don't faint out of happiness, excitement, and, you know, just over being overcome with emotion. I've never done that. That's also something I thought people faked. And he's giving me that as well. Like, oh, you'll faint. You can cry happy tears. Oh, yeah, all that stuff, you know. As good as God is. Like, you're going to feel it all. You're going to feel everything. And I love them. I love them. I just love them. You know? Oh, my gosh. Because he loves me. And it's not just because he loves me. I kind of hate that saying. I love God because he loves me. As if you don't love him because he is worthy. Like, he's God. He is worthy to be praised. I love you because you are God alone. I love you because you are the almighty power. I love you because of all these million different reasons, but I just love you. It doesn't have to be a because. Like, I love him. But, you know, of course, for so long also, I was so focused on healing. Excuse me. And becoming the individual that I felt that God wanted to see me become and that I wanted to become to be better and to be made whole. To heal, to find out the truth, to grow, just to make it, to survive, to feel again. And I didn't even know I wasn't feeling anything. I thought that I was feeling everything. And both are true. I wasn't feeling anything and I was also feeling everything. So it's weird that numb feeling, you know, because it's never really numb. It's never really numb. I, I don't, Like now it's a little more triggering, but I know I'm coming out of this completely because at one point it wasn't triggering at all. That saying, or when people say, you know, I've become numb. I felt so much that I've become numb. I used to be, I used to not be triggered by that because I used to say, 
I don't think that exists. But now I'm getting a little triggered because I'm saying to myself, that is a whole lie. You never feel too much that you you become numb. Like, and, you know, you see how I keep saying never this and never that. And I can't speak for others' emotions. And honestly, I may feel that way one day. But, you know, just me feeling like you always feel it. It's it's a, you know, to tell somebody you you one day become numb to it. Like, it feels like you're selling them false hope because they're going to feel everything forever. And tell them it's going to be numb and you kind of setting them up because they're going to be waiting for it to numb someday. And it won't ever numb. And that's like setting somebody up for failure. But it's okay because I'm coming into the season where numb is like the worst outcome and not the best for me, I used to think, oh, it'll numb one day and I will be numb to it. If I can't feel anything at all, I'll be great because I couldn't stand the pain. But now I'm like, if I'm ever going numb, God, save me. I want to feel. I need to feel, you know. To be numb is, you know unsafe spiritually dead to be numb is to be spiritually dead and I don't want to be dead I want to be alive and he's waking me up and he's you know he's breathing more he's breathing he's breathing new life into me into my situation into my family into my future into my soul and the last thing I want is to go numb to this so God is amazing (laughs) he's like it's a mouthful and I used to watch movies that talked about this all the time and they would say it just like I'm saying it now and they would they would feel what I'm feeling and they would talk about it how I'm talking about it you know and I thought they are just straight out of a movie that's not real life you know or what do I have to do to be in a situation where I feel it like that or that's true for me. That's my reality. You know, feels like I'm overlooked, you know. And like maybe God doesn't ever plan on giving me that, you know. Not that I wanted to even think like that. But just not expecting it, not ever expecting it. And now look at me. So There are so many things to be thankful for. So many things that I can look back on and I can appreciate. And I can still appreciate even now in the midst of my suffering. And Satan doesn't want me focused on that. He doesn't want me with a real smile on my face. He doesn't want me happy. He wants to steal my joy. And so oftentimes, and I've heard so much, stop letting him then. Stop letting him steal your joy. But it feels like I can't work hard and take seriously what needs to be done with a smile on my face. But what I want to do is learn how to. And so I've been praying to God and I've been asking him and I've been saying, God, you know, teach me. Show me how to appreciate, be grateful, thankful, have my joy and still take 100% seriously all the work that needs to be done within myself 
to the point where I'm still working on it. Just like I would when I can't smile. Because I'm fighting so hard to get that smile back again. Can I do it while I'm smiling and really mean it and not be faking the smile? I don't want to fake a smile ever again in my life. I want to feel forever now. And I know what that means. That means you have to feel everything. You got to feel the stabs. You're going to have to feel the explosions. You're going to have to feel the pain, suffering, everything. You're going to have to feel it all, but you get to feel. So I'm hoping that, you know, I'm hoping that I don't want to say what I want to feel more. But I just want to say that I want to feel that happiness, that joy, that fulfillment, that peace, that excitement. I want to feel that for the rest of my life on a level that God wants me to feel it. But I'm okay. And I do also appreciate and want to embrace and feel all the bad things too. Because they're all necessary and they're all beautiful. They're all there for a reason. And I feel like I've had enough bad times to to serve me for the rest of my life. But I'm, you know, becoming more mature. And, you know, not planning, you know, what I feel like I want or need so much that I cannot, you know, be brought into a new level of growth with God. Like, don't make plans. You know, let him plan for you. Submit to his will because what you think you know could be keeping you from what you need to know. And so just I love God. And I heard him saying to me a few times you know, the last couple of days or the week. Need to know, need to know, need to know. And I was immediately, you know, reminded of that song, Bawale. And he was like, keep them on the need to know, keep them on the need to know. And I was like, so is God saying keep them on the need to know? Or is he saying need to know? I heard need to know. And I automatically made it, keep them on the need to know. And I thought about that song, you know, the breakup song. But I just know, (laughs) I love God. I love God so much. Like, oh, I know I'm just so, I'm the bubbly type right now. I always said to myself, I ever be bubbly? Am Am I bubbly? All these things I never knew I would experience or have an opportunity to feel. And God is, you know, allowing this for me. In the midst of all of my enemies, you know, doing everything in their power to sabotage and keep me from them and from it. So, you know, God says to the thine right hand, whilst I make your enemies your footstool. I wanted to run away from them and never look back. But God said, stay right here because he said he was bringing me up. He was raising me up in their face because they couldn't stand to see it happen. He's amazing. (laughs) He shows out. And he always know when, why, how, what. And he does it perfectly. Man, I trust God with everything and all things forever. Without him, I'm nothing. And I'm willing to go through whatever for him. Whatever. Meaning, 
every day that I face uncertain death, you know, or whatever else it is that I'm facing, I'm like, for you, God, that and this. For you, God, whatever. This It's not that it's easy to say that or it's easy to do. No. I'm like suffering, bleeding out, you know, feeling like I'm being beat to death. And that I can't even last longer. But for you, God, whatever. For you, God, whatever. He is my first love. He is my true love. I am in love. I am. I am. To the point where it's like, you know, God sent me somebody that loved me like him. And it's like, you know what? We just gonna have to understand we're gonna have to have the understanding because you're gonna know that I love that I love God. I love him, you know, and that's not changing. That's not going anywhere. And that's first and foremost. And I need you to understand it. I need you to be on the same page. I need you to want that as much as I do. You know, but God is also showing me balance, you know, something I I don't feel like I ever would have been able to learn without him. The balance in a husband that is 100% wholly submissive to God and being able to submit to him and trust him with the right, you know, to make the right decisions for you and guide you and your family in the right direction. As long as, of course, he's consulting with God and he is, you know, submitting to God. And once he does that and is able to do that, you know, you get on your knees And you just like, you know, yes. He said, be quiet, okay. He said, go this way, that way, okay. No, matter of fact, don't even, I'm not even gonna talk. I'm just gonna do like that. And like, you know, it can happen. It's possible. It exists. So just God. You know, bringing me to the understanding because I felt that I'd never do that or ever be able. I don't know if I felt like I'd never do it, but I don't know if I've ever felt I could be able to do it. Like with the attitude I had and, yeah, the example. But, you know, just the direction I felt that I was going in. I didn't know if I'd ever be able to do that or trust somebody that much. And even if I trusted them, I guess I thought I had an outlook on how I would be you know, making the decisions and wearing the pants. But I didn't ever really want to have to do that. I just felt that I may have had to do that because I wouldn't trust them enough. So the trust, being able to trust somebody. (sighs) But he's also teaching me a very important lesson. The person that's for you, that he sends for you, may not be 100% where they need to be. They may not be, they may not come as a full, complete package. You know, maybe you haven't come as a full, complete package. Maybe you have. But you guys are meant for each other and you guys do the work and you guys grow together and get where you need to be together and become whole and complete together. Become one and do it with God. So he's showing me to appreciate that and submit to that submit to his will no matter what it looks like so it's complicated and it's hurting 
but I feel, I can feel, and you know, it's happening. So that's also something I may have never anticipated, but these are just a few things that I need to appreciate more often.